Welcome to New Life Assembly of God Media Ministry. We are glad that you are here. We believe the Word of God is relevant and life-changing, and we hope you can be blessed by this message. Amen. We're continuing our series tonight, Fighting the Good Fight of Faith. And tonight's message is Battling the Unbelief of Impatience. Battling the Unbelief of Impatience. You know, when training new missionaries, Hudson Taylor, the famed missionary to China, would tell them that there were three indispensable requirements to be a missionary. You want to know what they are? Patience, patience, patience. And patience is not only indispensable to be a missionary, but it's indispensable for daily living as well. In fact, in Isaiah 28, 16, the Lord says, whoever believes will not act hastily, will not act hastily. Now, some of the more modern versions say they will not panic or they will not be shaken, but the actual Hebrew word means they won't make haste. They won't act quickly. They won't hurry up. It's describing impatience. If you're trusting in the Lord, you're not going to become impatient and try to run ahead of God, right? That's what it's saying here. In other words, whoever believes in the Lord shall not become impatient. So the implication of this verse is that impatience is actually a form of unbelief. It's what we begin to feel when we start to doubt the wisdom of God's timing or the goodness of God's will or God's guidance in our lives. Impatience really is the result of an addiction to our own comfort, to our ease, and to our own will. And that's why we get impatient if the traffic is backed up on our way to work, right? Because it's frustrating us. It's standing in the way of us getting where we want to go. Or it's why we get impatient when the grocery line is slow and it's too long and they're not opening another lane. Ever get impatient like that? Amen. I know I have. All right. And we get impatient with God when life doesn't go the way we think it should or when God doesn't work as quickly as we think he should or God doesn't do what we expected him to do. A friend of a great preacher named Philip Brooks called on him and found him impatiently pacing back and forth on the floor. And so he asked his friend what was going on and with flashing eyes, Dr. Brooks exclaimed, the trouble is that I'm in a hurry and God is not. And if we would be honest, we can all identify with Dr. Brooks because I know I've felt that way, right? I'm in a hurry and God, what's the holdup? You know, sometimes we get that way. The opposite of impatience is not a whatever will be, will be indifference that just accepts life as it is. Rather, it's a deepening willingness to wait on the Lord and trust him in the place of obedience where he has you right now or to press on at the pace that he allows you to move forward in the path of obedience. You know, in 1 Timothy 6.12, which has been the foundation of this series, Paul tells us to fight the good fight of faith. And we have been looking at different aspects of that battle uh, in our life. Like we've looked at, at the battle against anxiety. We looked at the battle uh, of disobedience. We've looked at the battle to obey even when we don't understand. Today we're, we're looking at another aspect of that battle. And that battle is to continue to trust God and to stay faithful to God and to lay hold of, of what God has for us and be patient as we wait for God 
God to unfold his plan and purpose in our life. So tonight, we're going to talk about this key area in the fight of faith, which you can call patience, the battle to believe and wait on God in the place of obedience where he has us now and to walk or move forward at the pace that he allows us to move forward. I'm a fast-paced person, and patience is something God has had to teach me because I do everything fast. I eat fast. When I go out with friends, I'm generally the first person to finish eating. When I go walking anywhere with friends, I'm usually 10 or 15 paces ahead of them, and then I have to slow down, wait for them to catch up, and before you know it, I'm ahead of them again. I do everything fast. I talk fast. I do everything fast. And, and so um, that doesn't always work well when you're trying to follow God because <laughs> you can try to run ahead of God and get out of his will. And so God has had to teach me patience over the years, and um, one way that I've found God teaches us patience is when we go through through trials and there's absolutely nothing that we can do to change the situation we're in all that we can do is to trust God and believe him to work in that situation you know that's why they always say don't pray for patience because God will give you trials <laughs> amen and I know that that's been true in my life that the trials are what has taught me patience when I went through stage three cancer there was nothing I could do to change my situation all I could do was just trust God believe him one day at a time and and, and pray and seek God and just move through the process at the pace that he took me through would I have loved for him to just instantaneously heal me certainly but that was not the path that he had chosen for me. And so I just had to learn to trust him. And so when he, when he allows us to be in circumstances that are out of our control, it teaches us patience. Again, he took me through um, that type of a trial when I had to place my mother in hospice in my home last year and I became her primary caregiver and she became paralyzed from the neck down and completely dependent uh, on me and, and, and was in that state for several months. And there was nothing I could do to change the circumstance. All I could do is trust God, you're in control, you know what you're doing, and I'm gonna just trust you one day at a time to give me the strength and the wisdom to do what I, I, I need to do. So it's through those trials where we have no control to change the situation, we have no control to, to speed up uh, uh, the process or anything like that, we just have to wait on God, that's how we learn patience. And the fight against impatience arises when the way we planned our day or the way we planned our life is not unfolding the way we want it to. Ever been there? Amen. And we sometimes in that process we encounter delays. Things are not moving the way we want it. We encounter detours. You know, somehow, you know, we're we're intending to go this way and suddenly life takes you this way. And you're like, God, what's up? you know, or we encounter difficulties, you know, we, we're, we're moving forward in, in God's will, and then all of a sudden hardship comes, and you're like, God, but, but I'm in your will. Why is this hardship here? And that's when we experience impatience, which is really, as the scripture tells us, a product of unbelief, and it leads us either to give up on God and his promises, or to rush ahead and take things into our own hands. Those are the two negative results of impatience. Abraham did this, right? When, when he had a child with a Hagar. So he has this promise from God and about 12 years pass by and still no son. So what does Abraham do? He gets a little bit impatient, he and his wife, Sarah. And so they decide to help God out. And Sarah says, why don't you go into my handmaid? 
and you can have a baby with her and we will take that child, you know, as our son, as our heir. And so, you know, Abraham does and, and, um, and Hagar, Sarah's servant, becomes pregnant. And we know that once that child was born, God told Abraham, this is not the child of promise and he shall not be your heir. And so Abraham had to continue to wait. And then finally, after 25 years, God blessed Abraham and Sarah with uh, uh, the son of promise, which was Isaac. And as soon as Isaac began to be weaned, we know what happened, right? There began to be conflict between Hagar's son, Ishmael, which was the son of the flesh, and Isaac, which was the son of the promise. And eventually God had to tell him, you know what, Hagar and her son have to go because of the conflict that was, uh, was created there. So Ishmael, we know, became the father of the Arabs, right? Isaac became the father of the Jews. And guess what? That conflict is still playing out today. And it's all because Abraham ran ahead of God. He got impatient with God. He got hasty and took things into his own hands. So when we take things into our own hands to kind of hurry God along, we mess up. Have you ever seen a traffic backup and, and you've decided that you're gonna try your own detour to get around and beat the traffic? only to find yourself in a mess and taking longer to get where you were supposed to be going than if you had just waded through the traffic? Or how about this one? You're in the grocery store and you're eyeing all the lines because you think your line is a little bit too long. And so you say, I'm gonna switch lanes. And so you switch lanes and before you know it, that line's backed up and you look at the line where you were and you were like, man, if I had been in that line, I would have checked out already. You know, that, that's what happens to us sometimes when we get hasty. We mess ourselves up, amen? And it's even more important when, when it's dealing with God's will for our life and we get out of God's will when we become impatient. So patience is critical to trusting God. When we become impatient, we, we, we try to subvert God's plan and make our own detour to the destination, or we give up when we encounter hardship or delay. But whichever way you respond, it is a battle against the unbelief of impatience. And it's a critical battle for whether or not we will live by faith, we will trust God, we will fulfill God's will, and when we do that, we will inherit the promises of God both in this life and the promise of eternal life. The critical nature of the battle of patience is reiterated throughout the Bible many times. In Matthew 24, 13, Jesus says, the one who endures to the end will be saved. What does it take to endure? Patience, patience. You have to persevere. You have to keep on. You have to press on. The word actually in the Greek for that word is hypomone, and it means steadfastness, constant. Patience is one of the translations, sustaining or persevering under hardship or difficulty. One commentator says it describes the characteristic of a person who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose or his faith and heartfelt devotion to God, even by the greatest trials and sufferings. So no matter what difficulties you face, it doesn't swerve you from your trust in God or your obedience to God. So our salvation, Jesus says, those who endure to the end, those who are patient, those who persevere to the end uh, will be saved. So he's saying our salvation depends on our patient endure endurance, our steadfastness in trusting God, in doing the will of God, despite difficulties, despite delays, despite detours. It, it, it's not optional. 
This patience is vital to our Christian life. And the reason patience is essential is because it is the product of faith. And you can't be saved without faith, right? So it's the fruit of faith. James 1, 2, and 3 says this. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Isn't that what we do when difficulties come? We consider it an opportunity for great joy. Most of the time, not, right? When troubles come our way, we considered it a great opportunity to complain. And God, where are you? And God, why are you letting me go through this? And why aren't you doing something? But he says, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance, and that word endurance conveys patience, your endurance has a chance to grow. That patient steadfastness has a chance to grow. So patience is the product uh, or result of having our faith tested and remaining faithful to God, continuing to trust him despite the troubles that we may experience. Impatient, on the other hand, is the result of unbelief. So the good fight of faith is a fight against impatience, which in truth is a fight against unbelief. And since faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then his promises are a key weapon in this fight against impatience. The first thing we see is that faith in the promises of God is the key to the victory in the battle against impatience. So faith in the promises of God is a key to victory in the battle against impatience. The promises of God and the patience of believers are vitally linked together. If you read Psalm 130 verse five, it says, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. None of us likes to wait, right? Because it requires patience. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word, I put my hope. So faith in the promises of God, which are described by the word hope, is linked to our patiently waiting upon God. Waiting on the Lord is the opposite of impatience. Impatience will either lead us to give up on God and abandon our faith, or it will cause us to make haste and run ahead of God. We'll take things into our own hands. We'll try to force things to happen. I read the story of a truck driver who sat down to eat at an all-night restaurant, and three guys riding on Harleys showed up and swaggered into the diner with lots of attitude. One grabbed the elderly gentleman's hamburger, another took a fistful of his french fries, and another picked up his coffee and began to drink it. The trucker responded with great patience. He calmly got up from the table, didn't say a word, picked up his check, walked to the front of the restaurant, paid his check, and he walked out. The waitress watched as the, his big truck drove off into the night. One of the bikers said, he wasn't much of a man, was he? Because he didn't put up a fight. And uh, the waitress replied, well, he wasn't much of a truck driver either. He just ran over three motorcycles in the parking lot. <laughs> he took things into his own hands, right? <laughs> that's not patience, but that's what a lot of us do when we grow impatient with the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is how we battle against impatience. When we wait on the Lord, we're surrendering ourselves in faith to God's timing and to God's control. We're saying, God, your timing is perfect. You know what you're doing. And God, you are Lord. 
even if things are not working out the way I think they should be, you know best because you're the only wise God and you are perfect in all of your ways. And that's not easy to say, but that's what the patience of faith does. Patience is trusting that what God has promised us, he will do, and that what God has promised is worth the wait. So we are willing to stay in the place where he has us and move at the pace that he guides us. In the wilderness, God led the children of Israel with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And God told them that they were to move when the cloud moved and they were to stop when the cloud stopped. That was a daily lesson in trusting God, a daily lesson in patience. And we need to learn to stay in the place where God says stay. And we need to learn to go at the pace that God says go. And that's what it means to wait on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is also remaining in a state of expectancy, a state of expectant home. The psalmist said, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. Hope in the word of God or the promises of God is what strengthens us and sustains us to wait patiently on the Lord. I heard the story of a boy who stood on the sidewalk and he was waiting for the bus. And a man walked by and said, son, if you're waiting on the bus, you need to move to the corner. That's the bus stop and that's where the bus is going to pick up passengers. The boy said, it's okay. I'll wait right here and the bus will stop for me. The man repeated his argument and tried to convince the young boy to go to the corner and wait at the bus stop. But just then, the bus appeared. And amazingly, the bus pulled right over to where the boy was standing, and the child hopped onto the bus, and the man just stood there with his jaw dropped, speechless. The boy turned around and said to the man, Mr., I knew the bus would stop here because the bus driver is my dad and he told me to wait for him here. This boy trusted his father's word and he stayed where his father told him to stay despite outward influences to the contrary. He waited because he trusted the word of his father and so he waited with expectancy for the bus to come and for his father to pick him up. That's what it means to trust in the Lord, amen? That's what, how we've got to be with God's promises. We've got to hold on to them by faith, trusting that our father said so. So I'm gonna believe that he's gonna do what he said he would do. Amen? And when we're tempted to be impatient, we need to preach to ourselves the promises of God. Folks, I preach to myself all the time. Amen? God's promises are 100% reliable. If God said it, you can count on it. He will not change his mind. Amen? He has proven himself reliable. The biblical record unequivocally shows that God keeps his promises. And when we are tempted to disbelieve and become impatient, it is a sign that we are in a spiritual battle because the enemy is trying to get you to cast off your faith and to take things into your own hands and do things your own way. And that is spiritual battle. And the sword of the spirit is the word of God. So we need to take the word of God and we need to preach to ourselves the promises of God. Amen. We need to pick up the weapon of God's 
word, the sword of the spirit, and preach one of the wonderful promises of God targeted against the enemy of unbelief and hold fast to our faith in the Lord. I preach to myself all the time. Do you preach to yourself, amen? Just take that scripture and begin to speak it out, begin to declare it over your life, amen? The impetuousness of impatience leads to defeat. God warns us that growing impatient with him will lead to bad decisions that will bring defeat. I'm gonna show you one such instance from scripture. It's in Isaiah chapter 30, verses one through five. The scripture says that God rebuked Israel saying, what sorrow awaits my rebellious children, says the Lord. You make plans that are contrary to mine. You make alliances not directed by my spirit, thus piling up your sins. For without consulting me, you have gone down to Egypt for help. You have put your trust in Pharaoh's protection. You have tried to hide in his shade. But by trusting Pharaoh, you will be humiliated. And by depending on him, you will be disgraced. For though his power extends to Zoan and his officials have arrived in Hannes, all who trust in him will be ashamed. He will not help you. Instead, he will disgrace you. So what's happening in this passage of scripture? The Assyrians, which were a horrific people that tortured their captives. They were threatening to invade Israel. And God had not delivered them from their enemy in the time or in the way that they had hoped. So Israel gets impatient with God. And instead of waiting on the Lord, instead of consulting or seeking God, what do they do? They turn to Egypt. They turn to Pharaoh and they make an alliance with Egypt for Egypt to protect them in case Assyria invades. So they make this ungodly alliance with an ungodly king, trusting them for protection rather than trusting God. Without even seeking God, without asking God's wisdom, they just charged ahead with their own plans, taking things into their own hands. And if we'd be honest, this is where many of us find ourselves regularly. Amen. We grow impatient because God is not working quick enough for us or he's not working in the way that we hoped and we get impetuous and we do things our way rather than seeking God and waiting on God. But God warns us that our impatience will bring what? Shame and sorrow. Remember as we saw last week uh, or in our last message, God's will always leads us to the very best life. When we step out of God's will, that's when we bring sorrow and heartache. When we rebel against God through the disobedience of doing things our way, we step outside of his will and we take ourselves out from under his protection. We take ourselves out from under his favor or his blessings. And that's what Israel did when they failed to believe God, when they failed to trust him to be their protection, and they instead, uh, they turned to, it, to Egypt. And the same thing happened when when God originally delivered them from bondage in Egypt, remember? And three weeks journey, they were at the border of the promised land. God says, go up and possess the land because I'm delivering it into your hands. And they refused to believe God. They said, the, city, the, 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 the place is filled with giants and walled cities and we're like grasshoppers, we can't do it. And so they disobeyed God. And in the end, they ended up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years where they suffered many problems needlessly, like lack of food, lack of water, and attacks of the enemy that were never intended for them to go through if they had just done what God had told them to do. When we fail to obey, we fail to experience God's blessing 
everything and we bring needless problems and sorrow into our life. That's why in Isaiah 30 verse 1 where we just read, it says, what sorrow awaits my rebellious children? Whenever we step out of God's will, we are putting ourselves in a position to experience sorrow, to experience heartache, to experience uh, failure and defeat. In verse 3, he says, but by trusting Pharaoh, you will be humiliated, and by depending upon him, you will be disgraced. And you know what happened? They made this alliance with Egypt, and when Assyria invaded, guess what? Egypt couldn't protect them. You know why? Because God had been their defense. And by making an alliance with Egypt, they brought themselves out from under God's protection. And so they were defeated by the Assyrians. And so we need to hear God's warning because it applies to us today as well. When God says, wait, we need to trust him and wait. When we don't understand why God is not moving in our timing, or when we don't understand why God is not doing something now, when God is not moving the way we expect, we need to wait on the Lord and not grow impatient and not charge ahead without seeking his wisdom and his guidance because his ways are not our ways, the Bible says. His thoughts are not our thoughts, and our plans are not his plans, amen? And our plans will bring sorrow and shame, as he says in this passage of scripture. So we have to trust and we have to wait in the Lord. Being patient and trusting in God will bring great blessing in our life. Instead of becoming impatient, we need to learn to rest in God. In verse 15, it says, only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. In other words, if you turn to God in faith, you will find rest for your soul. If you seek him, instead of rushing to take things into your own hands and trying to find a way to speed up whatever you're wanting uh, to get accomplished, he will give you the strength you need to be patient, to wait for him and endure whatever it is that you are facing. So don't rush ahead of God and try to make things happen and take things into your own hands. Now that doesn't mean that we just, you know, float through life passively and, you know, we still do what we need to do every day, right? What we know God wants us to do every day, but we don't rush ahead and try to make things happen when God is not doing it the way we expected. If you truly trust God, he will come through for you in his time and in his way, and you can be at peace. You don't have to get all stressed out. Amen? Because we get all stressed out when we start doubting God, and God, are you going to come through? God, are you going to? That's when we get all stressed out. Blessings come to those who wait patiently on the Lord. The second part of verse 18 says, for the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. If we will trust his faithfulness and wait patiently for his help, he promises that he will bless us. And this is the way that you battle the unbelief of impatience. You preach to yourselves. Don't make the mistake Israel made when they got impatient with God and acted impetuously, looking to Egypt for help rather than waiting on God, and they ended up being defeated. They ended up being disgraced. Instead, you say, I will wait upon the promises of God. I will rest in him because he is faithful and he will not fail me. He will give me strength to endure until he saves or rescues me. 
You preach to yourself. He promises that he will bless those who wait patiently for his help. He promises that he will bless us, that if we will trust him and if we will wait upon him. You got to preach to yourself, folks. The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. He preached to himself. Amen. We battle the unbelief of impatience by reminding ourselves of the promises of God to encourage our heart to trust that God's will and God's time is perfect and that he will bring something good out of whatever situation we face. We've got to learn to trust God's timing and God's way. God knows what he's doing. The Bible says he is perfect in all of his ways. God never makes any mistakes, folks, and we've got to learn to trust him. There is no situation so dark, so difficult, so complex, so hopeless that God cannot turn it around for those who trust in him. The children of Israel thought it was over with when they faced the Red Sea with Pharaoh's army in hot pursuit. Yet what, God, what did God do? In the nick of time, he parted the waters of the Red Sea. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to trust the Lord when they faced being thrown into the fiery furnace. Now, wouldn't it have been great if God had just shown up and delivered them before they had to go into the fiery furnace? That's what we would want, right? But you know what? They trusted God, and they said to the king, our God is able to deliver us. Yeah, he could come down right now miraculously and deliver us. But whether he does or not, he is still God, and we will not bow our knee to your image. And God protected them from even the smell of smoke. Yeah, they were thrown into the fire. God came a little bit later than we would probably have wanted him to come. But you know what? The result was the same. They were delivered, they were not burned, and they were without even the smell of smoke. And I said the result was the same. It might have been the same for them personally, but it really wasn't the same because the testimony that brought God's glory was much greater. When the king came and looked and he said, didn't we throw three men in the fire? How come I see four? And he's like unto the son of man, and they're loosed and walking around. And then when they brought them out without the smell of smoke, what did the king do? He gave glory unto the God of the Jews. Amen? So the testimony was much greater. Amen? And sometimes we don't understand why God allows us to go through certain things. Well, in the end result, he has promised. For instance, the scripture said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all so the deliverance is going to come it may not come in our time or in our way but the deliverance is going to come and if for some reason God makes us go through or allows us to go through the trial it's because there is something that he is wanting to do there is glory that he's wanting to bring to his name but the end result will be the deliverance amen many are the afflictions of the righteous but God delivers them out of them all Daniel remember Daniel when uh, the edict was given that nobody should pray to any other entity except to the king for 30 days. But Daniel knew that he wasn't to pray to anybody else except for the one true God of Israel. So what did he do? He did what he always did. He bowed down and prayed to the true God for three times a day. And his enemies were weighing, laying in wait because they knew this was the only thing they could accuse him of. So they laid in wait. They caught him praying. They took him to the king and they said, he violated your decree and now you have to punish him by death throwing him into the lion's den. And so you know what? God could have just then did a miracle and just personally raptured Daniel out of the situation, but he didn't. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den with more than 200 hungry lions. But you know what? 
God sent an angel and he stopped the mouths of the hungry lions. And in the morning when King Darius came and said, Daniel, are you there? He probably didn't expect to hear anything, right? He says, Daniel, was your God that you serve able to deliver you? And Daniel answers back, yes, my God has delivered me. And so the king gave praise to God and made a decree throughout all of Persia that they were supposed to worship Daniel's God. Amen. So God got glory. The Bible says those that trust in the Lord shall never be disappointed or shall never be put to shame. Amen. That's true for Daniel. It was true for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was true for the children of Israel. And it's true for you as well. They that trust in the Lord shall never be disappointed. So folks, let's wait patiently upon the Lord. Let's trust in him. Let's not make haste and try to hurry up and make things happen in our schedule or in our way. But let's say, God, I'm going to trust in you. My hope is in your word. And I'm going to wait patiently for you to work in whatever situation I'm facing. And I know there's some that are hearing me right now, some that are here present, and some that are listening by live stream, that you're facing something right now. And you can identify with what I've been talking about. Because you're like, where are you, God? Why are, not, why are you not moving? Why are you not coming through for me? right now this message was for you God is talking to you to trust in him because he will come through for you in his time and in his way and he is perfect in all of his ways so would you tonight just make a commitment with me to say Lord I will wait patiently upon you I will trust in you and I will not make haste I'll not hurry up and try to get ahead of you and make things happen in my own way but I'm going to wait upon you if that's your heart's desire would you just stand your feet here and at home and just make that commitment in your own words to the Lord tonight and say God I'm going to trust in you everyone lifting your voices as we pray and make this commitment to the Lord Heavenly Father, we just thank you tonight for the encouragement of your word. We thank you tonight that faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. So may our faith be strengthened tonight to know that whatever we are facing, Lord God, you are faithful and you will not fail us. Father, as we stand before you tonight, Lord God, we just make a fresh commitment to you, Lord God, that we're going to trust in you. We're not going to become impatient. We're not going to doubt, Lord God, but we are going to hold fast to your word, Lord God. We're going to stand firm upon your promises, Lord God, and we are going to wait upon you with hope, Lord God, with expectancy that you will do all that you have said that you will do, Lord God. Father, we pray as we make this commitment to you that you will help us by the Holy Spirit to live it out in our lives on a daily basis. Father, I pray specifically right now for those, Lord God, who are facing situations in, in which they have been struggling in their heart, wondering, God, why haven't you done something? God, why aren't you working. God, what's taking you so long? I pray tonight, Lord God, that their faith would be encouraged. I pray tonight that you would surround them with your presence and just bring an assurance by your Holy Spirit to their heart, Lord God, that you are working, that you are in control, and that you are going to bring them through this, Lord God. Father, I place them in your hands tonight, and I believe you to do this. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen, amen. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you all. We love you, and we'll see you on Sunday at 11 Thank you for joining us today. If you were blessed by this message, would you consider giving a gift to help support our ministry? You can text any amount to 954-516-1522. 
That's 954-516-1522. Thank you, and we hope you will join us again.